0: Hi, you guys. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Chris. My birthday's March 30th, so pretty close. 1985. I share my birthday with Steve B back there, and we take our cake together. Um, same amount of time he has, and um, I love Alcoholics Anonymous. What kept me sober was the laughter that I hear in these rooms, and the love that I find from people. <coughs> Um, and Wyatt, happy birthday! Um, you remind me of Dr. Paul. In the back of the big book, there's a story: Dr. Addict, alcoholic, and he went to lock his wife up in an institution, and they they locked him up instead. <laughs> <laughs> he was a doctor, alcoholic, addict, and uh, and he always at the podium. He always gave his phone number: four nine four. Four four six four. I still remember it. So thirty-eight years, I uh, got sober in Laguna Beach. Wow. <coughs> and Robin, um, I just love Robin. I she's an hour speaker, so you can tell there's a lot to a lot more uh, to it. But but we've been friends, and we meet at the Canyon Club. Uh, so she comes down uh, a lot from Arizona um, to the to the Canyon Club and she shares alcohol meetings with me and. Jane's here. love Jane. She's my sponsee and a lot of good people. Um, I met my my man, Ken. I met him uh, just three years ago uh, during COVID. And um, uh, when I met him, he was 13 handicapped. And I uh, kick his butt so much that I kick his ass so much that now he's a five. (laughs) I guess you could tell from Robin. Uh, one of the joys of my life is that I'm a life member of the LPGA. I'm a golf professional. And that happened because of sobriety. <clears throat> I, uh, I remember I was having a really horrible time, and I was on my way in the car to um, the Woman to Woman in San Diego with Muriel Zink. And I don't know you; some of you have heard Muriel Zink. A lot of you are too young. But <clears throat> Muriel... Um, I was on the committee to help start Alcoholics Anonymous in Russia. And I didn't, go to the Ru- I didn't go to Russia to carry the message, but I helped carry the message by putting together what we were going to do. And it was um, Muriel Zink and Willa. Uh, Willa's mother was one of the first women ever in Alcoholics Anonymous, and that was such a treat. So here I am in the car going through everything we go through, death, divorce, you know, everything. <laughs> moving, <laughs> you know, all those traumatic things, and I said to uh, uh, to Willa and Muriel, I said, "What do I do? What do I do?" And uh, Muriel turned to me and she said, "Chris, you carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous, and your vehicle can be golf." And that's what I do. And because of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, <clears throat> I like to share a story about the other day. I was well. It's been it's been a while now. I was. I've known Mary for five years, and I was giving her golf lessons, and she came for a golf lesson. Um, and uh, I knew there was something wrong with Mary. I could tell, and I said, "Mary, what's wrong?" And she said, "My granddaughter just died of a heroin, a heroin overdose." And I said, "I know exactly what to do. Alcoholics Anonymous taught me. We play through the pain. Play through the pain. Tira. So she teed out the ball, and she hit it, and she got it in the air, and she felt a little better, and then she hit it kind of pretty straight, and she kept hitting balls, and she turned to me, and she said, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to feel better. And I said, at Alcoholics Anonymous, we we take action, you know, and uh, they taught me everything I know. And then another time, I was out there, and I was teaching a group, and they they decided they were going to televise the group lesson that I was doing with. With uh, uh, this particular time, I teach men and women, but this particular time with women. And uh, they asked him, you know, you know, well, why do you take golf lessons? And, you know, and uh, one of the gals said, well, I just love golf. And the other gal said, I come here for Chris. And the soon, as soon as she said that, I just knew that everything I know is Alcoholics synonymous. You guys gave me all the gifts that are in my life. You kept me sober through everything. It's just unbelievable. I've been sober uh, coming up, you know, 37 years, and I've been through every single difficult situation in sobriety. Um, There's been times when I looked at my life when I was drinking and I went, God, it wasn't so bad. All I did was, you know, drive home naked in my (laughs) Cadillac. Uh, One time I woke up in a blackout and I was in the San Juan uh, Capistrano, uh, San Juan Capistrano, um, uh, what's it called? The the festival on a horse. I don't do horses. There I was, I was riding a horse in San Juan Capistrano going, oh my God. And I was in a blackout. So that's when I knew I had a little bit of a problem, things like that. But, so I thought about it and I thought, God, I had a car, I had a house, I had a husband. I lived in a gate guarded community. I had a golf membership at El Miguel Country Club. I was the club champion, champion for 11 years as an amateur. And, um, and I was an alcoholic beyond belief. I mean, and I, I managed my alcoholism with cocaine. So, you can imagine you know just to make sure i could drink enough i had a lot of cocaine and i remember there were times when when i swore i would never spend you know over a hundred a week and then pretty soon it was a thousand a week you guys know how that goes i see a lot of young people here i hope that there's something that i can say tonight that'll keep you coming back Um, um, i grew up in laguna beach and we grew up you know, with the hippies and the flower children and uh, the beatniks and uh, Timothy Leary. And I, at, at, at 19, I, uh, my girlfriend said she was headed over to, Swiss, uh, over to uh, Paris, and she was going to go to school and learn French. And did I want to come? So I joined her and I went over to Europe and we lived in Paris for a while. And then I, I met I met a guy needless to say drinking and he took me over to switzerland because i wanted to go over there to buy some rosignol skis so i went over there and i ended up becoming a ski instructor and uh, uh in switzerland and they asked me this one particular day they asked me they said we need an english-speaking ski instructor and they introduced me to timothy leary and his and his, and his girlfriend And so I gave Timothy Leary ski lessons in Switzerland. And there he was all the time in my life, living in the Canyon, in Laguna Beach Canyon. I don't know if you knew that. So he's the professor of LSD. (laughs) So, and I was really glad I didn't like marijuana because I always fell asleep or I'd eat the refrigerator. (laughs) But, uh, so I didn't like marijuana. I always liked the other stuff, but fortunately I didn't do too much of the acid, but... Um, (laughs) but you had to try everything when you're young right you have to try everything and uh i came back and um and my parents introduced me they uh my dad built a house on the golf course at el Miguel, and and they introduced me to the golf pro and 11 days later he asked me to marry him and he said if i wanted to be busy on our honeymoon um i better take up golf and um Um, I had already in Switzerland my boyfriend was going down to play in the club championship and he said I said can I come along and he said well you you can't come out on the golf course because you don't know the etiquette you have to be a caddy in Scotland for at least three years so he dropped me off with a glass of wine and a seven iron at the driving range and I started hitting balls and by the time he made the turn the gallery left him and watched me. So that's how good I was that fast at golf. And I, you know, So I took up golf when I got back to El Miguel and uh, and became the club champion for 11 years. And uh, and yet, uh, and I swore, I, I swore, I said, you know, I will never drink three days before a golf tournament. And then as you guys know, it was two days before a golf tournament. And then it was one day before a golf tournament. And then pretty soon I got to the point that I rolled out of bed in the morning and i do a couple lines of cocaine so that I could get into the kitchen to get my screwdriver to go out and play in a in a golf tournament. And I, um, I was playing at Monarch Beach this particular day and I was doing lines of cocaine at every restroom. And then I was drinking, you know, um, in the cart down the course and my arms felt about 20 yards long i didn't know where i was or what shot i was hitting and what i was doing and i just said i said oh my god i never ever want to feel like this again so when i got home that day i gave up golf (laughs) (laughs) somehow i managed to get back to it after i did a few other Career changes in a short time, and I went to a golf pro in Newport Beach. And she, she, I went to a group lesson, and she said, "Chris, you're way too good. I'll meet you down at the driving range, and uh, and I'll give you a lesson down there." And she said, "I give you permission to swing out of your shoes, and you need to get back into golf." And so I did, and and uh, and I just, I, I love golf, and so that became a way of. Of me carrying the message, and as you can tell by you know what I said, I teach now. Uh, I went out on the tour a little bit. I thought I'd take a golf bag with the easy does it on the golf bag, but I, I smartened up. But every time I traveled to play in a golf tournament, the first thing I did was I went to an AA meeting, and the gallery, my gallery, would be people from Alcoholics Anonymous, and it was really really special to have them there. I was never never lonely. So I played out on the tour a little bit, kind of a money qualifier. And yet I still like to ski. So the next thing you know, I um, I moved to Mammoth and I was a ski instructor in the winter and I was the head golf professional in the summer in Mammoth. And um, we started um, at the golf course, I started some little fundraising and Twilight Golf and Dine uh, and Dine and little tournaments like that. and. They have the Mammoth Camp Out every year. And uh, so I put together a golf tournament up there with the AA Alcoholics Anonymous Camp Out. And, um, and that was very, very special. And people would come up from all over California to Mammoth and play in the golf tournament and uh, and then go to the camp out for Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, really like that. And I when I got there, there were only about 20 meetings, and when I left, there were about 32. And uh, I started a lot of meetings. I, I went almost every single day, I found time to go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I raised my hand to be the secretary of the Monday night meeting, forgot that it was Monday night football. So I'd shovel out my car every night, and I'd go to the meeting, and um, i get to the meeting, and the only person that would show up because it was fun- Monday night football was Juan. And so Juan, he... He pulled out his big book, and it was in Spanish, and mine was in English, and we would read to each other. It was a pretty special. I've had so many God shots in my life and uh, uh, really, really fun times. And I ended up doing uh, Palm Springs in the winter and Mammoth in the summer for a few years, and I became really active uh, golfing and teaching down in Palm Springs. and. Um, uh, my family was good friends with Arnold Palmer and um, and uh, one night I was so drunk that Arnold Palmer uh, took me home and cleaned me up, called my mother the next morning. I, I, I drove home and I went into bed and slept and um, Arnold called, called my mother and uh, said, uh, Beverly, Chris left her watch and I'll leave it with the gate guard. And my mother, she told, turned to me and she said, you have got to stop drinking, You've, you're an alcoholic and we all know that, and we can't watch you destroy yourself any, any longer. Arnold just called and said you left your watch and it's at the, at the uh, gate guard and I'm so embarrassed and I can't watch you destroy yourself. So my mother disowned me and that's what got me sober. And I called her one day and I was, um, you know, I was crawling. I just couldn't get enough of alcohol. I couldn't get enough cocaine. It was, um, you know, it just, it never was enough. Um, I reached that incomprehensible demoralization and I called my mother and I said, I'm ready to get sober. And she took me to um, Mission Hospital and I got sober Um, and I remember we, my first meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous was the 705 meeting in Laguna Beach at Catherine's uh, church. And that's where Dr. Paul went. And Dr. Paul, is action, um, and he's, um, he helped a lot in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm sure you've heard of Dr. Paul. And he's the one that said his phone number after every time he shared, he would give his phone number. So you would call him. And then I got uh, sober with, um, uh, with uh, Jim Stevens did an intervention on me. A lot of you know him from, from the uh, 7.30 meeting that, um, she, uh, right down the street on Moulton. And my first meetings were at Rubens, and uh, then we moved to um, the Olive Garden. And now it's on the church on Moulton, if you know, that meeting at 7.30 in the morning. So I got sober with some really, really special people. And then um, uh, in Mammoth, I, I met, I was going back and forth between Mammoth and Palm Springs. And my, um, I met, um, I di- divorced my husband and he was the number one bookie in all of California. So it was kind of, we were married 13 years and it was kind of difficult me being an alcoholic, but I couldn't compete with, um, with gambling. It was pretty hard to compete with that. So I drank a lot more And the parties that we went to, you know, they were, Betty Ford was at the parties. We'd have, you know, a uh, country club lifestyle I was living in, and um, they were talking about sobriety. And I wanted to share, I was watching TV the other day and, uh, and the guy that won in the golf tournament, his first win, and he said, you know, my name is Chris Kirk. And they say, well, how did you do it? And he said, I got to thank everything to, to my sobriety. And he did that on TV, and it just made me feel really good. And I know his sponsor, his sponsor's in Arizona, and he told me, he said, I'm going to have Chris Kirk call you. But Chris never, he never did call me, but he was a golfer and he, you know, he's winning tournaments now, but he gave you know, he thanked sobriety and Alcox Anonymous got him sober also. So we just love it, Alcox Anonymous. So I, um, I uh, divorced my husband and I moved to Mammoth. I was up there, we are doing the camp out and I met my husband and um, he got called in uh, to work a job at Intel in Arizona. So we moved to Arizona and we were there quite a while. We had three holes of golf in our backyard and I was doing fundraising for Intel and ASU. And, um, and I, I was sober. We had parties all the time. We, we'd have a party and 70 people would show up. It was all Alcoholics Anonymous. And then um, my husband got really, really sick. And they said that he had a slow leak in his appendix and they put him in the hospital. And I only had about eight years sober. And um, he went to the hospital and um, he had allergic reaction to prescription drugs. And um, after he, he came home, he would, he, during the, while he was at the hospital, he was running around saying, they're killing me. They're killing me. And I told the doctor, I said, my husband, there's something wrong with my husband. He's, um, he's swearing at the nurses. He doesn't swear. Um, he's a left brain engineer. He's the most boring man to everybody but me. And, he, and uh, they said, oh, we can't do anything. There's nothing wrong. And so he came home and about four days later, he was on the computer and he was doing some, some things with Intel. And I thought for a man that almost died, he um, you know, was particularly motivated to uh, accomplish the goals that he hadn't before before he almost died. And one night he came to bed and I had been asleep and I was totally naked and he came to bed and he woke me up and um, he said, I am the Messiah 30 days and 40 nights and I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill your daughter. And McKenna was eight eight years old and um, I am the Messiah. And I grabbed him by the shoulders and I shook him and I said, Dave, come back to me, come back to me. And his eyes were all black and dilated. And I just remembered, I used to be on the hotline for Alcoholics Anonymous and and they told me to just repeat the same thing over to a newcomer, go to a meeting, go to a meeting, go to a meeting. And that's what I was doing when I was on the hotline. So I just said, come to bed, come to bed, come to bed. And he didn't, and he walked through and he went into the garage and he grabbed some strange things and I didn't know what to do, and I grabbed him by the shoulders again, and I said, Dave, come back to bed.
1: And he didn't, and he
0: went into the closet, and he opened the safe, and he pulled out three guns, one for me, one for my daughter, and one for himself. And, and I I grabbed the ammunition, and I said, God help me, God help me, and I heard this voice say, you can't save Dave. He started beating me in the head with a, with a gun because I was keeping the ammunition away from him. And this was a man. We couldn't get enough of each other. We were just so much in love. And we were, we'd, we'd made plans to fly the kids out. We were getting married again on our property there. And we invited all our friends from Mammoth. And, and um, this was not a man who was planning on killing himself. He had allergic reaction, and they, they called it steroid-induced psychosis. He was like, a, he was like a PCP, so he was stronger. And so when he started beating me in the head, I, I heard the voice say, can't save Dave, save your daughter. And I ran through this 4,000-square-foot house, and I did, not, I did not even enter her room, and she flew in my arms. McKenna McHugh, a lot of you know my daughter McKenna, she's sober. And she flew in my arms and I grabbed her and I protected her and ran through the house to the front door and we heard three shots and I dropped her and I said, run baby, run. And remember I was totally naked and we ran through to the neighbors and these were all big houses with acre properties. And we went to the neighbors, and I said, "It's Dave. He's gone crazy. It's the it's the medication. Something's wrong with my husband. Something's wrong with my husband." And they took us in, and they gave me some clothes. And the SWAT team came, and everybody was hunting down. And I mean, this man was the vice president at Intel, most sound, stable man you've ever met. And. Um, I said, he's gone crazy, he's gone crazy. And they walked us through barefoot through these acre horse properties and they got us in the ambulance and they put us in the ambulance. And I remember we, we got in the ambulance and the nurses said, it's gonna be okay. And I said, it's never gonna be okay. It's never gonna be okay. And the next day, they called and they said that, yeah, you know, he had allergic reaction to something and that he blew his brains out on the diving board with his left hand while my dog, the border collie, Buddy was there. And um, and my AA friends in Alcoholics Anonymous in Arizona, um, one of them was train wrecked him and we kept him sober for about seven years He picked me up and all the people in Arizona picked me up and they took me to breakfast. They took me to lunch. They took me to dinner. They never let me out of their sight for a whole year. And then all of a sudden I looked up and I saw the sky was blue. And I was still sober and the sky was blue. And I went, oh my God, I think I'm going to be okay. I think I'm going to be okay. And at this time, I got so much love from all the people that saved my life and kept me sober that I was able to give it back. And I got involved with young people AA, and I picked up, I picked up drug addicts and alcoholic kids with my daughter. We picked them up and I drove them to their um, icky pa, wacky pa <laughs> AA meetings. And I never got to go into the meetings, but I dropped them off and my. My daughter helped them get sober, and I told their parents they're going to be okay. And I did that. I, I was able to, to take newcomers, and I was sponsoring 12 women. And I found that what it, what it was in Alcoholics Anonymous, it was the love that I got, the love and the laughter. And we used to, you know, we used to have a, whenever anybody took a birthday in Arizona, we would all go to lunch, and it was the meetings between the meetings. I fell in love even more and more with Alcoholics Anonymous. The meetings, between the meetings, and we would have we would have uh, lunch, and then we'd have to wear a sombrero if we were having a birthday. And it kept me sober through all this difficult time, and um, I just couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. And, and after a while, um, you know, I was teaching golf again, and I remember the LPGA came and they helped me, when we did Dave's funeral, Intel did his funeral, and people came from Mammoth and they came from Palm Springs because my sobriety spread out all over the place. I went to meetings everywhere, Laguna Beach, and they all came to the funeral. And I realized that they didn't come to the funeral for him, they came for me. They came to keep me sober. And they said, I said, why didn't, why couldn't I see this? And they said, you're not a doctor. And I said, I said, well, I never saw anything wrong. He, you know, he he wanted to dye his sideburns because when he wore his golf hat and played golf, his hair was gray and he was cutting roses. And I said, how come this happened, you know, to me? And all my friends said, you know, now you have something new to carry the message. Now you, now when people, are hurting and when they have death in the family and when they have these terrible tragedies, you could, you could tell them you stayed sober no matter what. You stayed sober through Alcoholics Anonymous. So after a while, I, I, um, my daughter and I were you know, helping young people and I was at the bus stops and I was um, uh, scaring away the drug dealers who were trying to sell them drugs. And I was trying to help the kids stay sober. And after a while, I decided to move back because the heat was getting to me and I wanted to get back to golf weather <laughs> in California. So I moved back to Laguna Beach and I started going back to the candy club where I got sober in the first place. Um, and uh, and that's where I saw a train wreck, Tim. And... Uh, and i'm going oh my god we lost you for three years he's given me permission to to tell you guys the story and he um uh so i was so happy to see him and i rushed back to arizona and i said you guys and you know we were 40 people that went to that meeting and i said i found train wreck tim and and they said where and i said the canyon club in laguna beach and he uh, not only does he have one year sober he's the cake lady at the saturday night speaker meeting <laughs> and a lot of you guys uh, you know you know him too so we were always they were just so thrilled that you know because he was a big part of our sobriety he didn't stay sober sometimes people don't stay sober but we stayed sober keeping him sober and that's a lot more like like what like what matt said you know um he kept us sober and so um You know, I became a golf pro, and and I got the job, but as I was driving out, I was, I loaded up the U-Haul, I had a huge house, I sold all the furniture, and um, I loaded up a U-Haul, and one of the AA people, they were going to drive me back, but they had to cancel, and I put my car on the back, and I got in the U-Haul, and I said, I can do it, and I realized after about a half an hour driving on the freeway with the car in the back, and and some furniture that they should be a lot more afraid of me because i have the bigger truck uh, so i um i i drove through to palm springs and i got out in palm springs and um uh, i went to my usual meeting that i went to in, in uh, in Palm Springs and there was Betty Ford and I went to her women's meeting and I was real active in that meeting. And um, and then I um, parked it at the AA meeting there and left it and went up and my parents lived just up the street so they picked me up. And then I got back in the truck and um, drove it down to the Hardcore Harbor group. And I got sober there with the Hardcore Harbor group and they, took me to my new apartment and they unloaded my furniture and the love that i found in alcoholics anonymous and the laughter is just unbelievable and so they helped me unload and i started my job at laguna woods village the 55 and over community and um i found so much love over there those people just love each other um they help each other like aa people because they know that you know our physical disabilities you never know if you're and remember words or phrases or where to go or where your keys are. You know, we're all kind of, kind of, we're turning into babies as we get old. You know, we're going back, uh, going backward a lot. But uh, and then I went to the Canyon Club and uh, I plugged in. And uh, my sponsor uh, is Shirely, and she was my sponsor for thirty-four years, and she just passed away last year. And she was the secretary of the famous uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, the powwow. I hope you guys sign up for the powwow. Now it's called the the Roundup, the Desert Roundup. They changed the name, but it's like a, a it's a great AA convention. And I took my man there um, l- last year. We went together, and um, he heard me share my birthday of 34 years, and. Um, The promises have come true. The promises have come true. Um, My favorite share is my creator, uh, my prayer. My creator, I am now now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I now that you you take from me every single defect of character, which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding and that's my favorite prayer, but I shared my birthday uh, with Ken, and Ken was so excited that um, he wanted to get up and share, but they wouldn't let him, because it was an alcoholic (laughs) meeting, and and he came to me, and he said, his daughter is sober, and she's clean. Uh, She was becoming a professional soccer player, and uh, got involved in the drugs, and trying to get sober, and she came to my birthday. She was there, and he said that he still had some feelings about, uh, about, you know, uh, resentments. <laughs> and I said, you need that meeting over there. That's Al-Anon. And so he, uh, he started going to the Al-Anon meeting on Friday night and he became the secretary. And every time they finish the meeting, the group comes out and they say, thank you for bringing us Ken to Al-Anon. We love him. And, um, and the, uh, uh, and so the Canyon Club is a really, really important. So every Friday night I go to happy hour and you can pretty much find me there. And I carry the message in a lot of different ways, but a lot of times through the golf. And I was in charge of Laguna Woods and I—it's 44 employees. And I tried to keep my anonymity. And, um, but Ken didn't know that I had an anonymity. <laughs> so all of a sudden he... Uh, he, he's, you know, he, I called him the, how we got together was my girlfriend. She said, you've been single, you've been a widow for 20 years. And um, you can tell I, you know, I was pretty picky after my experience. Um, although I had a lot of wonderful friends in Alcoholics Anonymous, they were all 85 years old. <laughs> said, I need to find somebody my own age. So Mary I called, she said, Ken, did you know Ken was, uh, Available again, <laughs> and I called him immediately. And I said, uh, "I said, uh, Ken, I heard that um, you might be available for a golf date." And uh, he called me back, and he was so excited. He calls. He said, "My God, the blonde, the beautiful golfer, da da da, calling me out on a golf date. Are you kidding? I'm in." He said. He called me on the phone, and he said, "Can you wait two weeks till I move out?" <laughs> I said, I've been waiting 20 years. <laughs> so we have a great time. We've been to Ireland playing golf and Hawaii and uh, and we just have a great life. We laugh every day and we we just absolutely have a blast. I, I I wish you guys could, you know, fall in love. And he's brought out the love in me that that was in there, it was kind of hiding. All these, time, all these years and uh, another part of the love, but the love for Alcoholics Anonymous is the best. The gifts that you will find in this program. And I go to meetings and people they ask me, they say, you know, how did you know? How did, what made you what made you stay sober? And I say that's the love and the laughter. And I go to meetings when I'm feeling good. I, feel, I go to meetings when I'm feeling bad. And um, I double up on meetings when I'm feeling bad. But um, what you get, and they said, Well, how did you know? And I said, I think I knew that I was going to stay sober when I realized that I loved others more than myself. I loved others more than myself. And I think that because of that, and Alcoholics Anonymous, the people at the golf course that I teach, and I'm teaching thousands of people, and it's exciting to see them um, fall in love with golf like Robin has, and Jane, my sponsee, she asked me to be her sponsor just recently. She had no idea, but she just, something she connected with at the Canning Club at the happy hour meeting, and she asked me to be her sponsor, and I said, well, I'm kind of busy. I'm a I'm a golf pro. And she's like, oh my God, I'm a golfer. So we have a tons of things in common. And it's just, it's so special. But um, Ken broke my anonymity and told everybody at Laguna Woods that, um, you know, guess who I'm dating, the golf pro. And I went her, uh, with her to celebrate her 34th birthday at the Canning Club of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I've kept my sobriety all this time. <laughs> You know, kind of, you know, kind of. Um, people, they brought me, a lot of people knew I was sober. And they. Um, one guy, he, he, uh, he worked for me and he knew I was sober and he brought his sister. and um, And I helped her get sober through golf lessons. Through golf lessons. It was the only time she could stay sober was when she was hitting balls with me. And pretty soon she had one day. And then pretty soon she had two days. And Alcoholics Anonymous, I just hope you take it. If I can stay sober through what I went through, you know, death, divorce, suicide, attempted murder, and Alcoholics Anonymous, you guys picked me up and you carry me through it all. Thank you.